Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. So, how is everyone doing today? Blessed and highly favored, I'm sure. I hope that you are feeling worthy. I hope that you are feeling loved. I hope that you are feeling the blessings of the Father that is covering all of you and your family. And I have so much to discuss today. So let's get started. Of course, you know, this is my second week in the studio. And of course, as you can tell, I'm still finding my way through, but it's okay. It's all right. To me, for some reason, I don't know if I sound clear. I'm not sounding clear to myself in the headsets, but I hope I'm coming across clear to all of you that are listening because I have an important word for you today that the Lord dropped in my spirit. It's a very important word, and I hope that it gets out there. So that's why I hope that I'm sounding clear. And I want to take care of some housekeeping before I get started with anything, because like I said, I have a lot to talk about in this show today. So what I want to say today is Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to all of our community and promote media literacy education, free expression, and public art. 
We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 5013C nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. So now, today's topic, and we're jumping right into this, today's topic. But wait, before I begin, can I say that God is getting us ready? Okay. Now, you know, when I first started this show, I said that I was going to do a show to help people find their purpose and to live their best life. Right. God has been taking this show through a series of changes, as I'm sure anyone that started from the beginning with me, you see how the format have the of the show has changed and evolved over time. Right. And we're now in our third year of doing this show. But I want to say that God is getting us ready. God is a God of second chances, right? We always say that he's a God of second chances. Even if you make a mistake, he'll allow you to, you know, get yourself together. Well, my spirit is telling me that he's saying, okay, people, it's time to draw close to me. You need to get your houses in order, literally and figuratively. God is giving us time to clean up our mess. And as when I say that she's going to know who she is, that always says this to me. God is saying it's time for us to stop playing church and it's time for us to get on the right side of the Lord. Right. So my topic today comes from Romans 6, verse 15 to 23. And as always, I'm always reading from the New King James Version, unless I indicate otherwise. And today's topic is, whose slave are you? Now, starting with Romans 6, 15 to 23. What then shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to uncleanness and the lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you were now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 
But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And blessed is the reading of the word. So now God gave me that passage to let me tell all of you believers that now is the time at hand, right? And I say normally, okay, it's starting to make sense to me. And I tell you that everything that God allows to happen in your life, he allows it to happen in your life for a reason. I was, if you can recall, I'm now out of the house more. So I'm traveling back and forth. And remember, I was telling you about, oh, my gosh, everything that was happening on the highways when I was driving, how people were doing this and they weren't driving correctly and they were just all over the place. I'm no longer driving. And I couldn't understand. I was like, well, God, you know, I don't like to be on mass transit. Why you always put me on mass transit? Every time I turn around, I have to either take a, a train or a bus to go somewhere. But what I come to realize is when I was in the car I would be listening to other sermons or I would mostly be listening to gospel music, you know, singing as I'm driving down the road. When I'm singing and listening to other songs, yes, the songs are ministering to me, but at the moment, God can't speak to me about what he wants me to talk about. So he only had time to talk to me when I was still and not running all over the place. And that's how we could get distracted and we can miss what he's saying to us. So what did he do? He got me out of the car. So now I'm on mass transit. So if I'm on a train or the bus, I have nothing else to do but to sit there and think and listen to what he's pouring into my spirit at the moment. So what he is giving me lately is if you've noticed, we started from building up our character. We had the different forms of, you know, we were talking about habits. We were talking about attitudes. We were building up our character. But now he's taking it a step further. He's like, I had you working on yourself. I had you understanding you as an individual. But now I want you to understand the whole purpose of why I was giving you that. And the reason he was giving us that is because we as believers, if we don't watch what we say, watch what we do, right? that it could be detrimental to us, right? All those little indiscretions that we say, oh, I'm not hurting anyone, like the music we listen to and some of the words we sing, the conversations we have, if we're gossiping or making disparaging, disparaging remarks, right? We could be found guilty, right? We could be found guilty. And I myself was found guilty of saying things and thinking things this week. And God had to remind me, hey, there before the grace of God were you, right? Just as you're looking at somebody as, oh, they were a waste of time or, oh, I don't have time for them. Did I see you in that light? Right? All that you've done and said, did I look at you in that way? So, no. He saw me as being a child of his and I just needed, if I, he saw me as if she would just follow my word, 
and follow my instructions, then she would be okay. Right? So the same way I was looking at, I don't understand why they just can't do. He turned around and said, well, why can't you just do? There's things that you don't do that I just want you to do. And I'm saying all that to say the Bible, when we think about the Bible in its entirety, all those words that are on those pages, yes, we always want to look at it as, oh, it's words for the sinners, it's words for the sinners so that could bring them to Christ. Yes, when they hear it and their heart turns, they can now come and follow God. But can I tell you, the majority of the Bible, everything that's written in there was really written for the believers. He was trying to get us in order because a lot of us walk around acting as though, oh, because we know Christ, oh, because we know God, we've made it, whereas we really haven't. And it, this the, the scriptures that I just read to you should be a reminder that how quickly you could become a slave back to sin, even though you know God, right? How quickly you can be a slave back to sin. And it goes back to the things that you do. And that's why I understand when Paul said, we work out our salvation daily. Not that we have to keep running and saying, you know, I need to be, not that we need to, every day confess that, you know, I'm a sinner. I accept Jesus as my personal savior. No, not on that, not that level of work out our salvation, but work out the kinks in your character, work out the kinks in your personality that, you know what? That's not exactly like God. But we think that, oh, because we're covered under grace, oh, he's given me a pass or, oh, he understands my heart or, oh, and that's the scary thing. When everyone says God knows my heart, you're absolutely right. He does. And there's things in your heart that you aren't even aware that are in your heart. So when you say God knows my heart, make sure that you've been taking the time to prune that heart of yours to get it right, to get it to the the way that God wants it to function, to think, to behave, to respond to people. Because on the surface, we say we know our heart. But what do, what do people always say? Most people always say, every man has a price, right? And they always say, you never know how you're going to react until you're put into that situation. And that's when you can know the heart. That's when you can know the heart because when people get angry and they start saying things, that's what the heart, because the Bible says from the, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when people get angry and they start saying certain things, and that's why when we hear certain athletes or we hear certain, um, if not athletes, when we hear certain actors or we hear certain news people or just politicians or whatever, and they're like, oh, I can't believe they said the N-word. or Oh, I can't believe that they said whatever about, you know, immigrants or whatever. You can't believe they said it. You can't believe they said it because they were only showing you surface of their heart. Surface. And sometimes they might not even know that was harboring and festering and growing within their heart until they were put into that situation and out of the mouth it came. So see, there's certain things that 
like, I think I had said one time, maybe about two years ago on a show, oh, when I did the Halloween show, and I was telling you about how the woman had hung uh, Halloween Halloween decorations made out of brown paper bags, and she had, like, nooses around their neck, and it was, like, little children and stuff. And I was just saying, you know, why would she do something like that? And we had a whole a whole uh, show about that. But what I was what I had said back then was too right now. And this is and this I can honestly say when I'm saying this, I couldn't even tell you. A derogatory word for another group that they've, they've been called. I only know the ones that my group has been called or maybe, you know, the ones that my group has been called and friends of mine have been called because they'll say, oh, yeah, if they say this, then, you know, it's derogatory. Or if you hear this, it's derogatory. But for other people, for me to say it out my mouth to say, oh, there is so and so. I I don't even know those words because I, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know where to begin to even find them. But what I'm the part I'm making to you is when you let certain things get into your heart and they fester and grow, then yes, you're able to spew it out of your mouth. And that's what God is saying. Mm-mm, that's not of me. That's not of me. And because we take for granted that, yes, we are living under grace right now, we take it for granted. He's telling us, no, it's time for you to get yourself together, right? And let me tell you something, when God gives you, you, when he shows you, you in your real light, it's a wake up call for you, right? That's when he's going deep into our character and wants us to face everything that we may say, you know, that's not me. That's not me. Right. And there's things that believers do following the Lord that they're not aware that they're doing that is not right and not acceptable to him. Right. And we think just because, like I said, we've accepted Christ, we have it all together. We've got it. You know, I'm not like them. I don't do what they do. No, you don't do what they do. And they know what they do because they're sinners and that's why they're doing it. They don't care. They want to do it. But you have things that you do that you might be aware of that you shouldn't be doing. And there's some things that you're not even aware of that you're doing. But let's talk about the ones that you are aware of that you're doing and you don't stop. But like it goes back to keeping things hidden, you know, keeping it a secret because I wouldn't want them to see me like that. And it was always a joke in church. Oh, you always know the, when you're sitting in the pews, everybody's all, you know, holier than thou, looking all, you know, beautiful. But then when you get in the parking lot, they always use the parking lot as an example, because people, everyone knows that when people get behind the wheel, that's when everything comes out, right? The rage, the anger, the everything. So they always had that. That was always a running joke. Oh, yeah, they're smiling now and they're laughing in your face. But wait till they get in the parking lot. But it should never be wait till you get in the parking lot. You should know your parking lot every day. You should know what your parking lot is every day. And that's when it comes from the whole self-examining, looking at yourself, being aware of what's going on with you, right? Do we really understand what all this means, right? 
Do we really understand? How did we, I have to ask the question, when and how and where did we lose our humility? Because when people, when you first get saved, you're so broken. You're so sad. You're like, oh my gosh, the realization of everything is revealed to you, right? Everything is shown to you. You're like, so, oh my gosh, God, thank you for showing me. But where in our learning process of getting to know him better and to try to follow Christ, did we lose our humility? Yes, we know that God blesses us, right? And I think it has a lot to do with the blessings that we receive. We start taking them for granted, like as if they're almost owed to us because we're believers. And Deuteronomy 8, 11 to 12 tells us, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I command you today, least when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and you shall remember the Lord your God for this, right? For it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day, this, this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroys before you. So you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God, right? So now when you listen to those words, that's how I feel we've lost our humility. We've become so blessed, so comfortable in, oh, God's got me no matter what I do. You know, he's got me covered. Yes, you're covered, but that still doesn't give you right to do wrong. And when you do wrong, you are becoming, even though we don't like the term slave, but think about it. If you're following behind something all the time, be it good or bad, you are a slave to it. But if you're going to be a slave to anything, why wouldn't you want to be a slave to the good? Why wouldn't you want to be a slave to the God that can give you everlasting life? And when you look at it and when you're following him, you're not a slave You're doing it because you want to make him happy. You want to fulfill everything that he has for you, right? So he's telling us at this hour that we've opened doors and allowed the enemy to come in. And then we wonder why things, situations, and relationships are not working in our lives. When we open the door just a crack, we give place to the devil, He's able to see where we're vulnerable and where he can attack. And that's how he keeps us depressed. He keeps us sad. He keeps us anxious. He keeps us angry. He keeps us discouraged. He keeps us confused. Right? And that's not what God intended 
when he gave his son for our sins. So why would we want to go back into something that Jesus already paid our debt for, right? That's like when people get released from jail and they go and commit another crime to get put back in jail. And then they're screaming, oh, I don't want to be here in jail. How many times are you going to look for someone to bail you out, right? When we've already been bailed out. So why do you keep going back? And that is the question that we have to ask ourselves. Why do we keep going back? Is it because of the grace that is covering us? Think about it. Has it made us lax in our reverence for the Lord because he is watching over us and keeping us safe over and over and over and over again? And we must also remember that going back makes it harder to go forward again right? When you go back to something, you're in it, you get deeper in it, and it becomes harder for you to pull away from it. Just think about how hard it was for you to pull away from some things when you first pulled away from it, right? So could you imagine going back to it? It's going to be that much harder to pull away from it. And that's what the Bible puts on as calling strongholds. And we'll go into that on another show. But for today's show, I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention how easy it is to slip back to being a slave to sin, right? And how we don't want to do that. So we have to be so mindful, so careful of, like I said, the conversations we keep, the things we do, watch, sing, Listen to anything, anything that gets into your spirit that is not of God, you should reject it because once it gets in, it can fester and it starts, like I said, making you feel depressed, confused and sad. And that gives a playground for the devil. Right. And there's this one more thing I want to remind us of. The reason why he's getting us ready and telling us about how we're walking and how we should be walking as believers is because Revelation 22, right? And Revelation, I don't really go into a lot, but Revelation now is, it's actually taking place. But this is something that I just want us to remember. We have the holiday season coming up, right? Thanksgiving is next week. And then after that, you know, it goes into Christmas and we always talk about Jesus, the baby in the manger, you know, wrapped in swaddling clothes, Mary, his mother, you know, the immaculate conception. Yet we all know that story. We all know that story. And there's nothing wrong with rehashing that story to those who don't know the story. But as believers, we should not keep going back to that story. Because can I tell you, Jesus is not a baby in swaddling clothes anymore. Jesus is not laying in a barn wrapped in swaddling clothes with his mother being pushed out of the inn because there was no room for her. That's not the story that's going on today, okay? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, right? And when he comes back, Revelation 22, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who 
do his commandments that they may not, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside the dogs and the sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whomever loves and practices a lie. Right. He's coming back and they said when he comes back, he's going to have a sword in his mouth. His robe is going to be dripped in blood and that sword in his mouth. That's going to be the word cutting you. you. You see, as the word said. The word is sharper than a two-edged sword, right? That's because when he speaks, when he comes back, he's going to be telling you exactly what you did and what you didn't do, what you should have been doing and what he told you to do when he left, right? So my friends, let's just think about this. Time is growing near. And I'm not saying this to scare anybody or to try to put fear in anybody. It's not even about fear. It's about fact. It's about fact. And if you're a believer, these are facts that you should be following. These are facts that you should be following and paying attention to. Don't let the cares of this world get you so wrapped up that you don't remember what you really should be paying attention to. Right? Time is growing near. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get ready for his return. And I know I've given you a lot to think about today, but with that, we're going to take a music break, right? I think it's time for us to take a music break because I've put a lot on you today. And I know you're probably like, where is she coming from with this? Why is she so deep? Why? It's because when he laid it in my spirit and I was just listening to him, I was like, it's not just for you. It's for me, too. It's for me, too. When he says things, like I said, he's not just talking to me to give to you guys. He's talking to me to tell me, "Mm mm-hmm, I'm talking to you as well as I'm talking to everybody else, right? So I think we could use a little bit of music right now just to take a little bit of the edge off, right? So... Let's take a music break. You've been listening to What Would K Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like.
But he showed me who I am now. I'm not going back. Every time you move, it's very clear. Sometimes I can't believe my eyes. Nothing to prove. You're the reason I'm alive. And whenever I call you, you show up. you to position you, break you to promote you, and break you to put you in your right place. But when he breaks you, he doesn't hurt you. He doesn't, when he breaks you, he doesn't destroy you. He does it with grace. Ah! Anybody been gracefully broken where? Ooh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So, Father, tonight we're broken before you. Thank you for handling us with grace. your worship right there in this moment.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is the part of the show that I usually call op-ed. 
And in op-ed today, I want us to think about the concept of Thanksgiving, right? And I want us to think of the concept of Thanksgiving as we all know that it's a holiday that's going to take place next week, right? And we all know that everyone approaches it from different perspectives. You know, in school, we, you know, we were taught about the pilgrims and how they came over and how the indigenous people here, you know, saved them from the harsh winters. And that's why they were having that dinner. And they all sat around the table, kumbaya, happy together, right? But can I tell you something? And this is what God has been working with with me as well, because I know I can, and I'm going to admit, when I'm wrong, I admit, when he brings it to my, when he brings it to my understanding, I do admit, there were times when I would look at something and say, please, they don't know. You know, that's just their way of thinking about it or, well, you know, it doesn't matter to me because blah, 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 blah. And I would always try to justify why I felt what I was feeling at the moment. But what God has been showing me as of late, and I guess it's all having to do with getting ourselves ready and in order, is that you have to understand that everyone's perspective of a situation is going to be different from yours because it's it's the view that you're looking at it from, right? So we know that when they were teaching us in school that they were talking about the pilgrims and everything, they were trying to give us the brighter side of why they did what they did and how they got away with what they got away with, not telling the entire story, right? They were only telling one side of the story. But can I just say something? And this is not in defense of the pilgrims because I don't know what their mindset was. But if you just think about it, if you just think that here you are, you come to a land, right? And you don't know how to survive But there are people there that teach you how to survive. So you have a day that you're happy that everybody in your family didn't die off from disease or winter because they were dropping like flies. And you have this day that you're giving thanks to God because you survived another season, right? You survived, your family survived another season. So you're giving thanks to God for, oh my gosh, thank you for helping us survive. Not thinking about all the things that you had to do to survive, how you were killing off other people and taking their stuff from them. That's not what you're thinking about. All you're thinking about is you right then and there in the moment, thank God you saved me, right? So from that perspective, you could understand why they would be calling it Thanksgiving, right? But when you flip the coin, you know, I always have that two-sided coin, right? Because the coin does have two sides. When you flip the coin and the indigenous people look at what was going on, they're not saying, thank you, God, that you sent these people here and they're doing this to us. They're not thanking God for that, right? Because to them, that wasn't a happy time. That wasn't a good time to have all those things, those atrocities, you know, put on them. The same like with the slaves, where you had the Slave owners, they're thanking God for, oh, for abundant, you know, our crops were good this year with thanking you, God, for blessing the land, for giving us the cotton and giving us the peanuts and giving us whatever else they were, the tobacco that we were able to harvest and make money. But when you flip that coin, 
The slaves weren't saying, oh, thank you, God, for making me get beat by the master because I wasn't picking the cotton fast enough. No. So when we give thanks, I want us to always remember that in us giving thanks, we're giving it from the perspective to which we're seeing what's happening. And what we may be giving thanks for, somebody can be flipping that coin and saying, well, no. I don't think that's a thankful thing because this is what happened to me when you did this or when this happened, right? And I say all that to say, when we're giving thanks, when we're giving thanks to God, it should be to God for God saving everyone, not just for us as individuals or us for our family. It should be for us as God's people. Thank you, God, that you're watching over us collectively. Thank you for blessing us collectively because that's what he's really trying to get us back to. He doesn't want us to be mini Christians. He doesn't want us to be little mini churches. And that's what we've turned into. We've turned to our own, to be our own little mini churches all over the place. He wants, he doesn't want us to work like that. He wants us to work collectively as one church, as one body. So when we're giving thanks, We should be giving thanks for, okay, God, I'm thanking you that you're now bringing us all together as one. You're making us aware that we have to be one whether we want to or not. And even though we may all look differently, right? And I pause there. And if you're drinking tea, take a sip. Because there's some of us that have a hard time that because you don't look like me, you can't possibly be serving the same God that I'm serving. He can't possibly be blessing you if you look like that. You don't look like me. And that's not how God operates, right? That's not how he operates. He operates with, I'm blessing everyone who accepts my son because that's who he came. He came to save mine, right? He came to bring mine back to me. And in God's house, his looks like a whole bunch of different things, right? Not just what we think it should look like. It looks like a whole bunch of different people that we wouldn't even imagine is in his house, right? Because only God knows our heart, like I said. Only he knows our heart. And it's for us to try to figure out if there's something in there that shouldn't be there, let's get rid of it. And I say, I'm saying all this, right? Because this week, the verdict came out about the guy with the two people and um, when he was shooting the people in the protest, right? And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he got off. He was innocent because I really don't watch the news. I was just taking this by hearsay. But I should have probably looked it up myself. And he was acquitted, right? I didn't go into all the detail because the details doesn't even matter. The details don't make a difference. I mean, the details don't matter all the little ins and outs about it. It doesn't matter. What does matter is, here it is, and I say this again, his family now, this Thanksgiving, is saying, oh, thank God, or oh, thank you for letting my son not have to go to jail. You know, I thank you that he's home with us and that we could just all be a family again. But yet the flip side of that coin is, What about the people that he killed? Their family is not going to be sitting around saying, 
oh, thank you, God, my son died or my daughter died or, you know, my family member died. And now he's off, you know, acquitted. It should be. God, we pray and we thank you for your intervention in this occurrence, right? Because like God said, vengeance is his. So even though it may not happen in the time that we want it to, and I'm not saying vengeance is coming, but there's there's always a reaping when there's a sowing, right? That's just that's just the way nature works. If you plant a seed, you're going to get something, whether it be a weed, whether it be a lemon, whether it be an apple. When you plant a seed, something is going to come from it. So when I say that in everything that we do this week with the Thanksgiving, with us giving thanks, let's give thanks that God is a God of justice. And when his time comes for everything to be evened out, it will be evened out. Even though it doesn't look like it's fair to us, even though it may not look like what happened, if it's your family, it doesn't look like it's fair. But I know sometimes it's hard for us to keep in mind that God is going to take care of everything because at the moment we just want it to be taken care of right now because that's where we're in our emotions. But see, that's not the way God works. You know, he's patient. He's very patient. And it might not be this generation. It might be the next generation. But he's so patient that when he does do do his justice, it's done. So in this week of giving Thanksgiving, I want us to give Thanksgiving to God for collectively taking everything that's happening now and working it out. Work it out, God, for every family. Not just the ones that are thanking you because they're happy because they think that they got away with something. But thanking him for working out the heartbreak and the unrest that others might be feeling because they're on the other side of that coin. That's what we're thanking God for. We're thanking him that he's keeping a watch over everything to keep it in order. And that's the end of op-ed. Now, I want to remind us that our word for this month is prayer. And I want us to be prayerful every day. And my prayer going out today is that God just keeps peace over all of our hearts, keeps peace over our mind. Don't let the distractions of this world take control of us and lead us astray into areas that we should not be in, but keep us meditating on your word, how you had us starting from last week, reminding us that when we meditate on your word, we'll be successful, right? So that's our word prayer. And our promise today, our promise today is going to come from, I was reading something earlier in Corinthians and I wanted to read it for our promise, right? Our promise today is coming from, I want to take it from, I want to take it from Corinthians. What is this? This is Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1 and I'll start with 
6. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And with that, I want to leave you and say, this has been one Sunday. This time went really, really fast today, I guess, because I had so much to get out to you. I want everybody to stay blessed. Have a blessed week. Have a wonderful week. Show your best out there. Be the best you that you can possibly be. Remember, COVID is still out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. And social distance. And with that I say, until God brings us together again next week, peace. Mistakes hold me down like I'm paralyzed. Yeah. How many times have I asked for grace? Standing in the same broken place. So giving you every good reason to walk away. But somehow you choose me. Catch me every time I thought I wasn't lovable Until you told this heart of mine Oh, yeah I'm worth more than my past mistakes I'm never too far gone to say I've given you Every good reason to walk away But somehow you choose me
Now. 